Operating that board, yeah. Uh, where's that? Where's the button? Oh, so we have this lovely dump button up here, but we shouldn't need it at all. I won't. I'm confident that I won't. <laughs> We're all staring at Francesca if you can't see us right now. <laughs> Maybe we should just hit that just to make sure it works. <laughs> Ten second delay. Oh my gosh. Anyway. So, friends. How's everybody feeling after last night? We're obviously here for the election show in case anybody like slept through 24 hours yesterday and just missed why we're even here. No way in the damn world they could have done that. <laughs> no. 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 So I, um, I watch from home and I am pleasantly excited about all of the, some of the <clears throat> results, but I'm also slightly discouraged by some of the bigger um, races that were running actually outside of Virginia. We don't just follow just Virginia, just Richmond. You know, we were we looking at We don't just follow shit. city council. Can yeah. I just say before we like dive into like the positive and negatives, like Virginia killed it last night. Oh, like, Virginia, really right? Virginia did. Virginia did. Oh Get it, Virginia. Did. You guys came out in droves. Mm-hmm. To in the rain. In the rain and the nastiness. I mean, kudos. Yeah. I mean, it's already a wave. What's rain going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I was hoping for a tsunami, but we got a we got a pretty good strong wave, so I'm I'm happy. Countrywide, though, I'd call it more of a blue splash. It was. You know, it was like a the, it was a nice splash. The toilet bowl blue splash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, though, like for for as much as like yeah, there's some races that I'm individually disappointed in and mm-hmm. how they went, but overall, I am so excited because at the same time, you know, had this. I hate to say this, but had everything panned out in like the exact perfect way. Mm-hmm. Complacency also like loses momentum, and True. this isn't just about one year. We're not going to change policies in one year, right? You know, right. it's about making sure that we have a long-standing momentous momentum for mm-hmm. us to be able to really change stuff for a long time. That's true. So I think that there is still, I mean, there's still some, like this really pointed out a number of severe issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with voter registrations, voter, voter suppression, suppression. Um, also, I mean, I saw, I was reading like a Vox article listing off all of the people connected with ties to white supremacy that either ran in general elections mm-hmm. and lost or won. won. Yikes. Steve King. Yeah. Wait, you before know? we get too far in this, anyway. let's talk about the dead man that got elected. Yeah. Can we just talk about that real quick? Yeah. The whole dead person. There's Yeah, there's a, um, a dead pimp um, <laughs> from Nevada. Dennis Hoff, he was a brothel owner in Nevada. Died like two weeks ago after partying for his 72nd birthday. And I the can't. people in his district thought that it was much better to um, vote for a dead flesh peddler. I can't. Than a Democrat. Because, of course, if they elect him and he dies, then they can put whoever they want in. Right. So that way, Republicans can now go, bing, whoever That's some want. damn and strategy it, and for And it doesn't you. matter, like, how extremist he is or whatever. Well, because you know it'll be like, a he. I almost think, honestly, that I, I do wonder if people were more inclined to elect a dead person hmm. because they knew on the background of it, like, well, regardless of what this guy stood for, at the end of the day, like, they're just going to pick somebody at least to be Republican. Be able to pick somebody, yeah. So instead of a situation where, like, for example, a number of people, instead of voting for Corey Stewart, did vote for Tim Kaine mm-hmm. because they were just blatantly like, I can't handle Corey Stewart. This is the, he is problematic. Uh-huh. At the same time, I mean, there's still a million people that did vote for him. I was well, going to say, a so million people last, voted for this fool. Last so. night on our live broadcast with Open Source RBA, we had a bunch of folks on, and uh, we called Chris Dovey's buddy, his old school Republican buddy Lee Pillsbury mm-hmm. and this man is a is an old school Virginia Republican right like mm-hmm. hardcore um, he and his buddies found Corey Stewart so distasteful one that he publicly called him a Nazi on our station good job um, and they all just basically refused to vote mm. for the Republican they were like no we give up I'll wash our hands of this one but see that's the did they vote or did they just not I vote think for they, him? I think they didn't vote in that Senate That'll race. be interesting to see the mm-hmm. um, voter turnout then. Who and also see if there's a difference between number of people that voted in the Senate election, but then just skipped didn't over. vote. Yeah. yeah, skipped. And that's that's and that and that's the part that I wish we could, you know, make people kind of just understand the importance of that. We need you to vote. So just because your candidate is not... The person abstaining your vote, you know, could cost, didn't in this well, particular, perfection but, can yeah. be the enemy of progress. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you don't, you're not going to get everything you want 
part of adulting yeah. is recognizing that and making pragmatic choices mm-hmm. about what's best for your state, your locality, your country. Um, and sometimes, you know, you don't like everything that you have to choose from, but, but you, you still need to make a done. choice. Yeah. I saw a tweet on my way and I was I thought it was funny. It said, um, and I thought about it when you asked me how I was doing, you know, or how I was feeling. It said, um, nobody's completely happy, so democracy goes. <laughs> democracy won. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I'm not completely true, happy, you know? but I'm I'm feeling pretty good in it. And yeah. Honestly, yes, I have how to. How are you feeling, Melissa? Yeah, I'm I'm actually feeling pretty good in it. Um, and I'll say why, and that's because Abigail Spanberger won Aww. in the seventh. I mean, and I can't vote in that, though. I have a family member that can and mm-hmm. did. So thanks for doing the right thing, George. Um, <laughs> but no, the guy did exactly what he said he wasn't going to do. Brett did exactly what he said he wasn't going to do, mm-hmm. which is, you know, not go to town halls, not meet with his constituents because Cantor got primaried for the exact same reason. Mm-hmm. Dave Bratt won because Cantor was doing exactly what he's been doing. Well, I mean, now with a, a new person, and at least we'll find out, is this seat some kind of weird, like, cursed thing that makes you morph into the exact opposite of I what you see? I hope not. Because like, <laughs> it, it, it is really weird how, it is a weird how the district, things that yeah. he beat Cantor on, he really became. Yep. Right. Became very I, Washington the move, moment I, he was there. Was afraid to touch women's hands. That's like the, that's we'll like the curse of politics, water. though. No, it's it's the curse of politics. I can name a couple people that are on the rise right now that are doing the same thing. Oops. <laughs> Did I say that? Oops. But, you know, um, another thing that uh, I thought was very interesting, um, since I don't live in the district, I'm not, um, you know, happy or sad or whatever about it. I just thought it was a really interesting, compelling race was our school board. Yeah. Our school board uh, 7th district race was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was okay. That was had a, a wee well, Scotia controversy. Yes. First of all, actually, let's congratulate the winner. Right. Congratulations yes. Cheryl, Cheryl Burke. Burke. She'll yeah. be able to continue as the 7th district um school board member or trustee as they are called sometimes mm-hmm. um so she actually was uh, voted in by appointment um originally when nadine marsh carter who ran in 2016 had to step down when her husband unexpectedly passed away um so then cheryl burke won earned or i don't want to say won, but earned through the votes of the school board members yeah um the spot and then this was the first time that we have an election so she'll actually be back up for election in 2020 with everybody else and it's not like she lacks any experience that's for sure you know 14 years as the principal of Chimborazo elementary Mm -hmm. school turned it around got it accredited i mean did a lot of wonderful things there so she does absolutely 100 percent have the experience to uh lead the seventh district and school board so congratulations Congratulations. on your win please come out to our happy hour tomorrow yeah at boogaloo she did comment on a, a little a few I don't know if you guys saw that like a few like a month or so ago that we're in the wrong district. Doesn't matter what district. <laughs> Doesn't matter. No. She's. I think she just wants to be in the seventh. We'll have to do another in the seventh. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we should I'm have a rotating one. Anyway, before I keep, I'm sorry. <laughs> get too excited. I'm, about I'm ADHD that. and I, my medicine has not been obviously not yeah. Um, but Welcome anyway, so talk about that race you. though. Um, so if you guys didn't know, so there were three candidates that were running. There was Gary Broderick, um, and then uh, there was also Cheryl Burke and Bryce Robertson. Bryce Robertson. Yeah. So as a quick kind of bio on each of them, Cheryl obviously background as a principal, current school board member. You mm-hmm. have Bryce, who um, immigration attorney, mm-hmm. um, and is who was actually one of her students. Yes, actually That's one so of cute. her students. She was in RP. He was in RPS, and then you have Gary Broderick, who's really a, an activist organizer, mm-hmm. um, working in. An in labor unions but also in education activism between Pennsylvania and North Carolina and Virginia now mm-hmm. um, and so it's interesting to see first of all how everybody um, kind of took I don't know different personas or different supporter groups in the race so yeah. Gary was very very teacher centric yes. and he had the backing of uh, people such as support our schools and, and a large group of teachers that were out campaigning with him um, Cheryl you know she kind of just took I, I don't know like I would really describe her as one specific other than she was really just saying the community she's been here and I think leveraging a lot of her long-standing ties yeah she did get there was not a, a, we'll talk about this in a little bit but there was not an actual endorsement for this campaign from the Richmond City Democrat Committee um, but a number of elected officials endorsed Cheryl yes. um, through the process and then you have Bryce who 
he was really trying. He, he also is bilingual, so he was also, mm-hmm. I think, trying to really rally a, a different change also in that by, by standing out as a young candidate mm-hmm. um, and trying to get into that same kind of place that Cheryl was from being from the community. Right. So now that said, the, the suspicion going into the race was, at least people talking kind of behind the scenes and things, was questioning um, how the vote split would go. And yeah. is it, you know, where would the votes be taken away from? Ultimately, you might have Cheryl with the mainstay part of this um, district and be able to carry the bulk of the district. But with mm-hmm. two other candidates, you start They're getting into a concern of splitting the vote. Yeah. Um, and it was a question of, like, which way would ultimately the vote split? And in the end, it was Cheryl, I believe, won 55 percent of the vote. And then the rest of it was 20, basically 2020 or 2520. It was yeah. split between split, Bryce and Gary. Um, so it's just it's it's interesting, you know, when we have candidates that you know, we see this. I've looked at in my third district council race. Um, from 2016 where we had my council person who barely won with like 50% of the vote. Um, It's with a number of candidates that are running against someone who's technically an incumbent. Splitting the vote is, I think, a huge um, struggle. And I hate to say that about like third parties because we need to have stronger third parties. You don't want to say they split the vote is a negative thing. But But that's what ends up happening. Well, you know, especially at the national level too, we have a lot of third parties that feel like they don't have to go through the process of winning many elections at the local level. They just shoot for the moon and then things go haywire. That is, I would really like to see more like of our our hyper-local elections being, that's a fair point, of having variety of... Well, parties. If you yeah. are, uh, if you were in uh, my district, you had the pleasure um, at our precinct yesterday in six oh four of uh, meeting Pete Wells. Just saying, he local libertarian. It. Mm-hmm. He did. He beat out McAdams in that uh, precinct, and, and he got four percent of the vote in that precinct. So I, I volunteered mm-hmm. there yesterday to hand out sample ballots, and he was there with us all day long, greeting mm. as many people as he could, talking to as many people as he could. I mean, that is the way to do it, right? No, yeah. Being said. in your neighborhood and talking. So at least he was there and he was present. And apparently he's also a DJ at Fallout, which is a really interesting... Uh, a libertarian is DJs at as Fallout. As a DJ? That's kind of... That's a mix. Um, okay, sorry. Before... He's friends with Tommy, our, our uh, dog germs uh, DJ from last night. Oh, late last right. night. My okay. mind just exploded. Right? There. I had a thought and it just... Poo. That's All okay. Right. We'll come back. Um, <laughs> oh, but anyway, so I was going to say it was his... Uh, it, of course, all, all that said, 4% translates into you spent an entire day to get less than 50 votes. Right. Like, there, there, I want that. to put out there but as context. I have to get the same credit time, for like, trying. Absolutely. But also, like, you know, if somebody who is obviously a mainstay in his community and, and wants to be in his community, I would love to see people like that also be involved generally throughout mm-hmm. the year and not just jumping into elections. Like, that's right. the other piece that I was going for is, yeah. is like, you know. You have to, if you want your third party to thrive, you have to be involved all over the place, yeah. not just during, you know, election season ramping up. Get your, you know, your name out there, get your face out there and meet people all over town and and then, you know, push your, your third party agenda mm-hmm. so that you can get elected. And then maybe, you know, you can step up and move that into, you know, state general assembly, you know. House of Representatives, Senate, so, presidency. Yeah, no, take some time. Of third parties, though, mm. can we go a little bit elsewhere to another state really quick? Sure. Uh-oh. Uh, so Georgia. <laughs> All right. So the reason this kind of makes me think about this is because right now there's a situation where in, in the gubernatorial election, it's mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams is holding strong. Yes. And is not conceding because there are a number of absentee ballots out there. And Georgia's an interesting state mm-hmm. because you have to have a majority of the total votes, not yep. just the plurality. That's right. So if there's enough votes in her favor, um, it, it's possible that would go to a runoff, mm-hmm. which then would be between two parties. And there is a third party in that race. Which is interesting. It's a libertarian candidate that has mm-hmm. a small percentage of the vote, but those votes would then have to go somewhere. Somewhere else. Um, yep. Which t- typically, I was reading something about how typically in that situation because it's usually a libertarian candidate those votes end up benefiting the, the republican party sure um but is this year going to be any different you know I, i'm just curious like how I don't what, what do you guys think about that race i think i think she's led a really strong campaign mm-hmm. and i think she has really fought off so much crazy nonsense throughout this campaign and for her to right out front you know say i'm not gonna um concede i'm gonna fight this and if you were watching i don't know if any if you guys were watching on twitter 
throughout the day they were extending polling times and through quarter changing, order, yeah yeah like i mean just all night long until i think one of them the latest i saw was like 9 45 i heard chesterfield by the way had to be held open till nine yeah because they, they had ran some, out of paper ballots yep wow but yeah anyway. so things like that happen and so she she started talking last night right around that time she was on several of the, several of our um nationally syndicated radio stations here in Richmond and she was saying you know um, I'm going to fight this until the end she's like because this is not a fight that I intend to be over after today after November 6th so I'm going to continue we're going to keep fighting for this and you know you guys stay in line and they were incur- I mean there was this whole campaign in and of itself on Twitter just telling people like don't get out of line stay in line we'll bring you food We'll bring you drinks. Like, just stay in line. They're going to extend the times, cast your vote. Every single vote matters. And to have her, you know, this morning get up and I heard her, um, her speech. And I was like, man, like this, she means it. And I'm like, wow, I wish we'd have had that type of support. Um, just for some of these other candidates that, you know, just quite didn't get it. But it's interesting because of the way that Georgia works, you know, I think it's amazing. I just think it's amazing. And I, I hope that the rest of these um, votes come in and she's able to do this runoff. This runoff will work in her favor. I just, I'm, fingers crossed. It is a really exciting time in Georgia right Fingers now. crossed. I also, like, one of my one of the big things of, like, you know, no matter what ends up happening with the runoff, that it really excites me is just the awareness that is coming about voter suppression. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really feel like another wave that everybody needs to jump on into next year is voter reform yeah and yep. especially at the very the local level next year um we're currently 364 days away uh from the next general assembly election where we're going to have to have an entirely new general assembly election or an entire new general assembly that comes out of it right um those are the people that can change some voter laws in virginia yes and we need them quick fast and in a hurry and we're not super far away from a majority in that situation Mm-mm. in either place of, of house or senate Right. I no, think that's not. something that, like, in 2019, like, we need... <laughs> well, we need to be real, too. Voter impersonation is barely a thing. Voter suppression is a major thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this day and age, seriously, come on, guys. Oh, hey, selfie time. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but off the rails already. Um, but no, voter suppression needs to be a thing that we bring to the forefront in the next two years so that we're prepared for 2020 and everybody who's eligible to vote can get up there with confidence yeah. and vote for their candidate. So, all right, I feel like we've been kind of like circling halfway talking about it. Go ahead. But not fully there. Throw it out there. Y'all, Dave Brat's gone. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Dave, Brat, Dave Brat is gone, but we still got stuck with Rob Whitman out where I am in Hanover. <laughs> Vanjie, Vanjie gave his Vanjie, Vanjie gave him a, a run for her money. She got I think 44% of the vote. So she that was strong. But when you That's see a, you know the other um, side gaining like that yeah. it does give you some hope for ensuing years. I hope so because he needs to go. <laughs> Bye. But yeah congratulations Abigail Spanberger for doing something that people really thought was an impossible task. Oh, absolutely. It was really, really, I think, an impressive um, campaign and really well-run campaign um, from beginning to end. I mean, she really, I think one of the big crescendos, I don't even know, whatever the climax word that I'm looking for right now, (laughs) um, it really Mm. was the I am Abigail Spanberger moment. Yeah. Where it really, really, I think, resonated with so many people of like, I'm not Nancy Pelosi. Mm -hmm. It really was just this huge He was so confused about who he was running against. He actually completely underestimated her and her team. Gotta give a shout out to her team. Oh my gosh, yeah. And our our friend Eric, who was on comms. Hey. Um, And and Justin, too, also did a fantastic job. Justin Mm -hmm. Jones. Get, Get it, guys. But, I mean... People were telling me up until the last second yesterday, oh, she's not going to win. There's no way. It's too red. It's too red. Uh-uh. It doesn't matter. There were so many women who are sick of voting the way that their husbands and their fathers 
traditionally I'm told them so to do. I'm just so glad Virginia woke up and did it because yeah. the, the we Florida is still in oof. trouble. I know the the white ladies in Virginia at least you know put their pink pussy hats on and they walked to the polls. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <sighs> At least women. for her. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's true. Yeah, for her, I, they, for did. her they did. For her, they did. Because it was a white woman. Did I say that? Uh, oops. Yeah. But I mean, mm, at least it wasn't the angry jar of mayonnaise that we've had for four years. I guess. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. That We still have a lot of, look, Jesse and I, as the white women here, mm-hmm. we have a lot of work to do, ladies. We mm-hmm. still have a lot of work to do. You still need to understand intersectional feminism and how it affects politics. Yeah. You need to, not with this whole like, oh, well, we'll get ahead and then we'll reach back and grab our, you know, our sisters of color. No, no. we need to bring them along with us arm in arm. Oh, yes. yes. Sisters yes. of color. Spe- yes, speaking Chelsea. of sisters of color, bringing them in arm in arm, Chelsea Higgs Wise of women in politics and, you know, everything else with hey, someone, another pair of amazing earrings be. has yes. shown up today. Hey, hey, hey. I'm coming in to record Women in Politics. It airs tomorrow, Thursday at noon. So make sure y'all check that out. Yes, right. Yeah, I've got some really cool guests coming in to talk about all the women's victories. And it's a surprise. <gasps> That's all right. Yeah, no, just okay. some really cool women to come talk about the everything that happened yesterday. Look at some analytics. Let's talk about the black women. I'm yes, yes. I'm really yes. following everything going yes. on still in Georgia. Black women came like out. I just my heart. But yeah, so excited. They really did when I was looking at those those gender and race numbers last night. Black women did it. Black women, did it black women are night. carrying this thing. Let we me tell always you. Do. We black always women are do. carrying this thing. We just need to work on our, our white sisters. We need to get them together. Yeah, in the South. I don't I don't <laughs> know what's happening down there. I really don't. But you guys are awesome. I was listening to you and walking in. This is a really special show going live. I love yes. everything that you guys are doing. This is amazing oh, right nice. here in the we studio. Love you too. Yes. Thank you, Boo. Yes. Well, enjoy recording your show. Yes, yes, yes. And whoever's calling right now, I'm sorry I can't answer the phone for you right now. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Um, It'll have to wait until um, uh, 12:05. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, guys. There's a couple. There's a couple um, referendums that are floating around. I think there was one yesterday. The, yeah, um, people coming to the, the polls. Tiff, the TIFF? The TIFF? Yeah. The TIFF. Yeah. Oh. Coming to the polls that was being oh, misrepresented. Hold, hold, no, 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 no. This, this is a referendum. This, this is local. Sorry, we're like switching all over the place, guys. Because yes. a lot of stuff happened yesterday. So we're back to local now. Um, and this is the referendum that is, guys, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's a choice. This It's money to schools versus Coliseum. Mm-hmm. That's what this whole thing is which by the way so this is the mm-hmm. referendum it, it's a paragraph long it, it's it's multiple paragraphs long and interesting mm-hmm. if you are calling consistently we can't help you right now on the air but call the stu- uh the office phone 622-9747 and i'll see if i can hook you up okay thanks can i jump in with yeah one other go thing? ahead yeah. so a big reason why my guests are a surprise tomorrow i'm gonna be really honest and open right now is because i had i even announced yesterday on the air uh, I was going to have Jewel Jordan. She's an amazing black activist woman in the area, done a lot for Abigail. But after everything that was going on from it was 757, Georgia, everything online, she just said, I'm too triggered. I can't come and talk about this. I, Jewel, I hope that you don't mind me saying this. I know you don't. But I think it's important for people to hear this, that the work that we're all doing, that sometimes even the victories that happened last night are really hard, especially for women of color that are out here battling this. So really just putting that out there that so many people are celebrating. And this is time for celebration but it's also just a time to look at the women that have to take this the most first and worst Mm -hmm. and how we're feeling so just wanted to put that out there so jewel all the love to you out there hope you're taking care of yourself i see you see you still posting on facebook so take it easy uh we love you girl yes that's a very important point we kind of touched on that earlier it it is it's even though we're celebrating and this is a, a time for celebration it's hard especially when you look at some of the numbers that we're seeing on a lot of the national races and you see these things separated by gender and by race and it's like black women are out here you know feet to the pavement and then you have a race that's like so discouraging because you had backpack becky show up in extreme just extreme numbers and just take take a race well i think it's crazy pants that we're still having so many firsts when yeah. it comes to elected officials. That's a whole nother thing. Somebody posted today and was like, a Jim Crow law got reversed in Florida in my lifetime. And I'm like, holy 2018, cow. 2018, y'all. I mean, that's, that's true. <laughs> 
But a lot of people going back to this referendum before we get that deep into that one, there's I think there's one that's kind of in the works that wasn't out yesterday, but they're working on some voter reform. Um, I think we went to a press conference about it mm-hmm. um, not too long ago, but other states are catching on. Michigan passed it yesterday. Automatic voter um Automatic voter registration, same day registration, post-election audits, no excuse absentee voting, um, straight ticket voting, and protections for military and overseas voters. That's huge. And Michigan did that. And so many other states are kind of catching on, looking at voter reform and finding out how we can kind of settle in on, you know, some of these things that are happening. So it's really important that we as Virginia kind of play catch up. I know that there's a couple people, there's a group of people that are kind of looking at um, some voter reform in terms of a referendum that are coming up. But, you know, if you can lend your help to it or you can lend your support to it, it's important because that's one of the things that prevents us from, you know, being able to register the people that we need to register and do some of the things that we need to do because you've got ID laws that change every five seconds and all these different things that happen. You know, I... To take for instance, um, I live out in the county, and our polling place just recently changed from the old recreation center that that's all that happens there is voting. Um, the, it's our polling place, and it just moved to the new brand new library, which I'm not gonna hate. I'm not gonna say anything, but that library is not equipped to take voters. It's just not. It's not equipped to be a polling place. It really isn't. It's not set up to do it. The way that they or arranged it was just terrible. Um, out in frog level it's just not it's not right so I thought the night before as I'm preparing I'm like you know I wonder did anybody put a sign out at the previous polling place to let people know because I mean it's rural it's a rural area you know a lot of old people people show up and see no cars out there or no you know no signs or anything at the old rec center and not realize and also especially so i remember you were texting us in the morning when you left your house you Mm -hmm. picked people up that were walking to the polls i picked people up it was raining and i picked people up that were walking in the direction of the polling place because you know we're we don't live in the city of richmond so there's no public transit so if you don't have transportation to get to the polls you can't cast your vote and it really get out to vote initiatives in terms of transportation out where i live in the counties is really it's really supported only by the churches if the churches will get their church vans out and they'll have pickup spots and you know if you live too far back on a country road where they can't get you i mean you're just out back and you know majority of these people are not going to be trying to cast a vote you know early election or you know doing an absentee ballot or whatever they're not going to be doing that they're going to try to get there on election day if they can't get their cousin to come and get them or their grandson to pick them up after work or whatever then they don't get to cast their vote and so something just told me, he said, you go out to the old polling place. Um, this was the night before to see if there's anything out there. And I just already knew. So um, I went and I took a old campaign sign. Um, shout out to Garrett, one of his uh, campaigning signs from 2016. And I put a sign. I made a sign that says polling place has moved. It's at the library because there was literally nothing. Well, and this is another thing also, I think that um I was at the polls yesterday at my precinct, 305, mm-hmm. from 6 a.m. until 4 p.m. Um, so I interacted with a number of different people. Mm-hmm. And th- first of all, the number of people that asked me if they could vote for Spamberger and why why the woman, quote, mm-hmm. why the woman wasn't on their ballot or why there's no information about her out there was wow. fascinating because it was, it was they were all like, well, I'm not voting for her. What are, what are you talking about? But wow. people were honestly concerned. Like, yep. why yeah. is she not on this ballot? <laughs> yeah. and I had then, a few of those too. On top of it, um, as somebody was leaving the polls, the one that was the most disturbing to me was this woman was like, she stops. She goes, you know, I know I'm not supposed to ask questions, mm-hmm. but where is the woman that's running on this ballot. Like, was I supposed to vote for her? Wow. And this is after they voted, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, the, the the beginning of that phrase, I know I'm not supposed to ask questions. So she went through this whole process of voting ask, and yeah. didn't ask any of the poll workers because she felt like she wasn't supposed to be asking questions. Wow. And then on her way out, asks me and still has a hesitation of asking me. Yeah. And so I think about, we also had someone that on Twitter hit us up that there was an, an incident where there was a provisional ballot being denied to somebody. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, I, I believe that situation got taken care of. Um, 
immediately or, mm-hmm. or close to there was some oh we made on sure that that um, at least there's someone there to help because that's the other piece of it was to, to their point you know they stood up and they knew their right to be able to fill out a provisional ballot today for anybody that doesn't know a provisional ballot yeah. if you have an id issue if you have a lost id you are you should not leave until yeah. you fill out a provisional ballot because you have a week to validate your id to get your vote to count that's it so you know for someone to to tell is for there to be honestly a misunderstanding of the volunteers yeah um you the know, poll workers. The poll workers. Who's going to push back? Not everybody. No. Um, so that's where we really need to have this voter reform situation uh, really looked at next year, especially going into 2019 with the General Assembly elections. I'm going to take a very brief break to inform uh, folks who are trying to call in. We're not going to be able to take your live questions on the air, but if you do have questions for us while we're sitting here talking, we have another half an hour, tweet them to us at RVA Dirt. Um, so that we can answer your questions. It's not like we don't want to. It's that we... Oh, they were calling with questions? Yes. Oh, and so oh, we can't... Oh, I know, sorry, we can't get you sorry. We can't get you live on the air with us right now. Um, it's a little too much for me to deal with this morning with three of us in here. But if you do have questions for us, please go to our Twitter account um, and ask them. And we'll see what we can do about getting to you. Also, the three of us are going to do a WRIR time-honored tradition Pick a PSA, ladies, any PSA, and Jesse, you're first. All right. Hey, drivers, have you ever noticed that little lever to the left of your steering wheel and wondered what it does? Well, guess what? It's not just for decoration. Using your turn signal lets other drivers know what you're planning to do. It's not just the polite thing to do, it's the law. And it's a lot less trouble than sorting out a car crash. So when you get behind the wheel, don't drink and drive, and always fasten your seatbelt, but also, Remember to use your turn signal. No. For the love of God, Richmond, do this. No, just throw your car at him. That's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> do you dream of owning a home? Community Housing Partners can help make your dream become a reality. CHP is a nonprofit, full service, Neighbors Works home ownership center that offers free monthly home buyer education classes, which cover the entirety of the home buying process, from personal finances to closing. For more information or to register for a workshop, you can call 804-343-7201 or find them on the internet at chphomeownership.org. Do you have something to tell the world? Are you a community organization, advocacy group, or nonprofit organization looking to get the word out about what you do? Do you want to disseminate health and safety tips or promote community-based nonprofit events? WRIR can help. As part of our responsibility as a community radio station, WRIR routinely runs short, non-commercial information announcements known as public service announcements, or PSAs, without charge. To learn more about getting the word out with PSAs, you can visit our website, wrir.org, and click on station, or just email psa at wrir.org. And one more thing. Did you know that WRIR is the official radio station for Richmond's emergency services information? Well, it is. And we actually had a little breakthrough test earlier this morning at 10. So it works, guys. Check y'all out. (laughs) During an actual emergency, tune your radio to WRIR for official up-to-the-minute information from the city of Richmond. And now back to... RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Thanks, ladies. All right. So let's go back to that referendum because I don't want to leave that like a hanging out there. I want to make sure we talk about it. Like a hanging chad? Yeah, because I was kind of like, I was a little shady. I I, I know. And I want to explain that. I don't want people to take that completely out of context. I want to be able to talk about this. And it's a little bit late. So I was going back to saying that, you know, this is a referendum that was being posed to people as saying, hey, this is either we're going to either put money towards schools or put it towards a coliseum. Mm -mm. And so this is something that it's a a half page long referendum. and it's a lot of information and if you read through it like yeah it it technically might but at the same time that's not the only thing it might do and it really just doesn't fully explain what the referendum does it puts it to a simplistic place to where it seems like it's an obvious choice to people because absolutely if my choice is hey there's this pot of money are we going to put it to schools or coliseum man schools all day long and that was pretty much the response when i was out at the polls is that that's what they were um people's response was like of course schools yeah but for me you know the actual mechanics behind it what it does is it it puts regulations onto these tiff districts which if you don't know guys that the tiff district is a tax increment financing district which is where with this project 
increased revenues um, from increased taxes basically in these areas would be going to pay for this project. So what this would do in general is put regulation on any kind of TIF district regardless of why, for what, or um, or for whenever in the future. There's not like a time limiting or it's not specific just to this one proposal. Right. And to me, that's that's not how this is being posed to people. And then on top of it, there's also a piece in there that actually has a freeze on the meals tax mm -hmm. um, for five years. And then after five years of not being able to increase a meals tax, it is... Um, it has to go to a referendum, basically, to a vote to the people, which, you know, in principle, the way that this is set up, I don't disagree with the things that are in this as far as precautions. But when you're asking Richmond to permanently change the laws that would limit how we can have our elected officials use their um, authority mm -hmm. with how we're going to raise revenue in this city, that to me needs to be properly explained to people. Yeah. And I don't think it can just be a situation of, hey, this is either schools or Coliseum. People need to understand that this is not the mechanics behind it and really know what they're actually voting for because it could be a revenue limiting situation right. in the future for other projects we might want, even if we don't fundamentally agree on this one. Well, and when you send folks out, volunteers out to get these signatures for your referendum, make sure they're clear on how to explain it to voters. Well, that happened last time. They had a whole referendum and they had people, paid people out collecting signatures. And well, I don't even think people still know I said, what it is. I said I knew exactly what it was when he came up to me and already, you know, read the language and everything. Yeah. And I said, what is this for? And he said, it's so we can have schools and a coliseum. Mm -mm. That's not what that says. And Boo -boo. I said, is it? <laughs> you know, and this is my other frustration. This is you know, the first time I've seen this is out there on that day. And I took a picture of it. It was the first time I had an opportunity to actually read the full thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's another piece of it that I think is it's challenging for me. Of it, This is just my own personal. Like, I don't think that anybody has any obligation necessarily other than what the laws say of how to do these. Sure. But I really wish that there had been, before we're putting it onto the ballot, you know, discussions, more information, an opportunity for people to read about it before you're standing outside in the rain mm -hmm. on Election Day being asked to sign something that's schools versus Coliseum. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just, I, I have a very, very strong belief that regardless of, you know, what my personal thoughts are on a project, people have the right to understand what they're voting on. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, making it in a way that is um, simplifying it down, because I actually asked the poll worker at my location, um, had somebody explain to them what the referendum was. Mm -hmm. Because the way it was posed in the discussions that I would hear from this thing is that people really thought that there was money today that was in an account that could go one way or another. Oh, my stars. And that that's what this, and I think the other piece of it is that that narrative really damages the conversation about the North of Broad development because then you're going to have people thinking when we're talking about that, it's a confusing narrative. Yeah. Um, and again, I, it's just for my own frustration of things. Like, I really wish that people took time to um, care that people understand what they're voting on, you know, yeah. and, and that's a complaint that I have on local government, local media, um, you know, people doing these referendums, politicians, really a lot of stuff. And if you notice the stuff that we really put out is to discuss like, this is why we do this. Here's yeah. a guide. Here's what I'm understanding. Like I've been able to get access to ask these questions. And you know, there's a ton more that I actually have to go through now um, that we got back yesterday about this whole Coliseum. I know. Thing. I saw that. Yeah. Thanks for getting back to us so quickly. Yeah. But it, it, you know, it's so unfair to people where these are longstanding implications that are going to ch like remember a referendum changes the city charter, guys. Right. Yeah. Like this isn't just a oh, it's not it's cool. little. And um, if we don't like it, we can just change it back later. It's no. not that easy. No, no. And I, I just it is a set in stone thing when you do these referendums, especially, you know, they go up to the General Assembly. Yeah. And, you know, again, like I don't fundamentally in, in theory, you know, disagree with the tenants of what's in there you know maybe these are things that should be considered maybe they should be evaluated but to go to this place of a referendum without having a, you know ample in i say ample mm -hmm. because i know that there have been posted on um a person's facebook page saying hey we're gonna have this meeting hey we're gonna have this meeting but when you're not releasing the information and you're not building a true coalition when you have organizations that are involved that also aren't making an effort to mm -hmm. really get everybody out to a meeting and mm -hmm. to discuss this in yeah. a way that has information. Um, it's challenging for me to support something like that and to not be against it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think I really wish that as we go through this process, especially if it gets onto um, the ballot, 
-hmm. that we're going to be able to have um, a, a better discussion period than we did with the last referendum. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, yeah, please. I hope so. And and it just it shows it makes people look crazy. It makes the writers of the referendum look crazy. It makes the people who are sending the referendum out to get signatures when you have volunteers that have no earthly clue what oh they're gosh. doing. Oh my gosh, guys, 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 it's official. Sorry, I just that was I, I really was I, I was I'm surprised that he conceded. Oh gosh, I actually just felt like a, a little like weird little wave chill. of relief chill over me. It's done. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Nobody's gonna be on pins and needles chewing their fingernails off nah. for the next day or Melissa, so. Melissa, we're gonna have to redo a, a picture of how we're watching the VA07 election. Right, I know. <laughs> no longer biting your nails. Nope. That was hilarious though. That was amazing. So we took this picture last night of us, you know, anticipating uh, the 7th District Congressional Race. Yeah, here it is. And we're like, I oh know. my gosh, so anxious. And the likes on it were just shooting up right immediately <laughs> because everybody else was doing the same thing. Yes. Um, but that's great, though. I mean, we had so many people engaged listening to our live election coverage broadcast last night that we almost crashed our server here. Yeah. Um, at WRAR. I was watching that. Um, so thank you to everybody that was listening on the stream. I mean, that's kind of the way to do it these days, right? Yeah. I mean, please dial in good old-fashioned radio in your car. Happy to have those numbers, too. Um, but if you're not in Richmond and you're not within our listening distance. Right. If you're out ahead. working, yep. you're out living, whatever, you can listen to us streaming, WRAR.org. And we almost broke it. Yep. last night so that shows us that you really are engaged that you do care that richmond has changed in the past two years when it comes to mm -hmm. voter and resident engagement and that's heartening so how do i feel about last night thinking about that i feel so much better yeah um and i feel better about 2019 and 2020 because we're gonna keep going people are gonna keep understanding how important it is learning about the process, yep. um, how important it is to vote. Your vote actually does count. I mean, that Cosby district. Cosby High School, Dave Brett won by one vote. Yep. Um, one. One vote. Single yep. and vote. Yep. What's even crazier is so somebody actually responded on Twitter. Um, I can't remember the screen name now, but mentioned that they actually voted at the Cosby High District. They stood in line for 90 minutes Ooh. and their spouse uh, actually mailed in an absentee ballot. So if you think about just like contextually, like you always think in your head like, oh, well, you know, those are the things that happen, but to really practically see and have mm -hmm. that interaction with somebody One that's vote. just like, hey, we know that there's another vote out there. You know, there's always those whole absentee ballots that you always think about, but like to to really, it. to be fair, I think Chelsea last night on the live show was like, yeah, that's that's trauma from the Virginia Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> no <is>. more <laughs> choosing is. elected officials out of a bowl. I don't care how beautiful it is. <laughs> you know, something I also want to bring up, um, going to just speaking of how close that election is that is something that I don't, that is a huge win is how close all of these elections were it was not something where there was a lot of them that were blowouts i mean if you no. even look at like the Beto no. o'rourke um election yeah it was who knew close. there were that many democrats in texas uh-huh they came out they came out i think that was yeah. huge even though he did not win and pull through like that is a very huge showing but well it, that, not it, only how that how many percentage points was it between them it was only a couple. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't so a lot. He got forty-eight, and um, and what's his face going back got a uh, lion Ted. Lion Ted got, got fifty-one. Right, mm -hmm. that's huge. You mean the, the, well, the alleged zodiac serial killer? Right. But look, here, that's huge for that here, area. Here's the thing I want to point out too. Uh, not this is a there PSA. Are four million Democrats in Texas. Yes, let's what? talk about that. What? Let's talk about Texas, that real quick. What? Let's talk about and, and not only Beyonce. just Democrats. Not only just Democrats. But we're talking about Democrats who were not afraid. Beto was out there. And disenfranchised Republicans. He was out there screaming, Black Lives Matter. Yes. Take a knee. Yes. This is something that we have to do together. We don't have to agree, but we need to recognize what's going on in our society. And I just knew. I was like, that's, oh, it's political suicide for him. That's going to be but it. he didn't care. He didn't care. He did it. And how many votes did he get? 
How many? 44 million. Listen to me. So that should tell that should tell the PSA to the white po- uh, politics out there. Listen, you can be real and you can be about the narrative and you don't have to whitewash your narrative. Yes. We will support you. Woke king, we will support it's you. It's out there. It's out there. So and so many people will be so happy to support something behind closed doors. And they will, you know, come to your little, they'll eat your food and they'll come to your event and they'll, they'll give you your little $5 donation, but they are not going to, they're not going to show up to that March. Can I, (laughs) can I actually just like plug something really quick also while we're talking about this, especially with our local elected officials, because Mm -hmm. this is something that I see it happen here. Um, you know, a, a lot. We, I think we all have, and this is, you know, just, I think, human nature. Mm-hmm. We can prove that point by how many negative reviews are on Yelp, probably. <laughs> um, but I think we all have a tendency to go negative and call out the negative things, but also not give the recognition for the positives and uplift the positives. Mm-hmm. Because for, to, to Francesca's point, to every candidate that's out there and every current, especially current elected officials that are also trying to retain seats, mm-hmm. you know, for as progressive as maybe their beliefs are, they mm-hmm. need to use their voices that way. And we need to encourage their voices in that direction. Yes. Because, and reinforce them because they need to know that when they do come out and say, take a knee, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. that there is a vocal contingent of people that really support them in that statement. That's got and, you. And mm-hmm. be able to show them that, no, you have votership on this. For every for every person that you're getting criticism for, you're getting two people up there standing there and That's stuff right. for and you. And don't just That's be right. a, you know, a senator, congressional candidate to do that. Be a city council yes. candidate doing mm-hmm. that. Be a school board member doing mm-hmm. that. A, a board of supervisors, a treasurer, a county mm-hmm. clerk, sit, you know, city manager, however you do your thing all the way across the country, the little, you know, elections here and there, they matter so much. Mm-hmm. And when you take the time to express these positive, progressive views, your constituents come out, they understand you. They're not afraid of you anymore. Yep, and I, you know, I think also just recognizing sometimes for people like guys, like please realize that this some some things. Are, this is something I've actually watched happen where a, a politician comes out and kind of does that like toe toe dip in the water progressive stance. Mm-hmm. That's like I'm here. I'm kind of scared. I'm just seeing. I'm testing this out, mm-hmm. and people um, get upset or there's backlash because they didn't. Uh, do or say enough they enough. didn't go far enough yeah. they didn't fully do go cannonball and go yeah. jumping off the diving yeah. board and we all wish that they would do that and I think that th- the difference is instead of chasing them off when they do the toe dip because mm-hmm. it's not enough for us embrace them embrace so that they'll it. put their whole fucking leg in Oops. right <gasps> get oh, it God. dump all right, Fran. Hopefully, we got that with our 10 second delay. Oh, God. oh, God. It happened. It happened. It happened. We have a question, though. We have I told a question. y'all okay. it was going to happen. You know what? We're going to gloss over that. Moving on. Moving on. <sighs> Quick on happens. the dump, hopefully. All right. So, we have a question. Thoughts on participatory budgeting via civic neighborhood associations or council district? First of all, thank it's you okay. for getting us back on track. Hey, you know what, though? Beto dropped it to. <laughs> Live on TV. It's just your tribute to Beto. It is. There Stay with go. us, guy. All right. Uh, make my heart stop. All right. Let's answer our, our listeners' question. Thank you so much for asking it. Sorry. Thoughts on participatory budgeting via civic neighborhood associations or council districts? Oh, where like we would participate yeah. in the budgeting process? Yeah. From from civic or. Specifically, it mentions civic and neighborhood associations. Hmm. <laughs> yes, but also no. <laughs> I first of all, I'm I'm so there for participatory, participatory budgeting. Mm-hmm. I think I that am. my my hesitation to be super super there is the civic and neighborhood associations. There it is, yes. right there. There yes. it is. That's, so, that's why yes and no. So I think that yeah. we need to yes. also. Um, so the civic associations, there's a number of them, um, and we've seen one recently even that it, it's for homeowners, mm-hmm. um, and they try to make their rules to where it's just for homeowners. People mm-hmm. will say, and there's uh, there's a whole conversation we had on Twitter about this yeah. about is it an inclusive space that gives renters, um, you know. A space, mm-hmm. um, and I think sometimes that those conversations end up being super nimby, and partially because they're not inclusive spaces. Because you have this whole mindset, especially in Richmond, you know, where people will say, "Well, I pay property taxes." 
Mm. I have more of a right to the city funding or I have more of a right to uh, my voice being heard or or whatever it is. But um, that's not true. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and that's my concern with the Civic Neighborhood Association. So I think that I like the concept, though, Mm -hmm. of people being able to get together. Um, I think that there's actually a, a a coalition of civic associations that have, has come together and formed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also heard about another one that I think it's called like the Concerned Civic Associations. I think first of all, we need to figure out how to change that um, dynamic within those groups. Uh, but then also one side of that could also be right now we have nine council members mm-hmm. who fight for their district individually. And you know they that that is one thing when you also put neighborhoods and people into neighborhoods is that people have a tendency to fight for their um area and yeah. I, I i we i would question when we do like a participatory budget would really be thinking about how do we get outside of that piece of it and outside of that element and recognize the fact that there's bigger needs than just my pothole on my street there's a street that's in south side that doesn't have a sidewalk and there's potholes everywhere it's like playing a really bad game of like frogger slash minefield <laughs> All right, you guys, so, we have 10 minutes left. Hey. 10 minutes left of the live RVA Dirt's Musical Mania broadcast. So if you do have questions, get them in now. And I only curse once. Hey. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so do you guys have any other thoughts on the particip- participatory budgeting? I think you covered it. Yeah, I think you, yeah. Yeah. you definitely got that in order while I was getting some uh, paperwork in order. Hey. Hey. Still got a... Still got to work my board op position over here. Hey, volunteer, guys. You can be a board op, too. There you go. Put in a little plug while we're here the last few minutes. Um, but uh, there are all kinds of races going on all over the country uh, yesterday. Are there any other that um, you might want to touch on? Yeah. Uh, Chesterfield, uh, Commonwealth Attorney. Yes. Yeah, right? Yo. Also, don't we have a list of firsts yeah, to talk actually, about? We do. Before we go to the list of firsts, I have a funny real quick. The Colorado cake baker that refused to bake a cake for the gay couple now has a gay governor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> sweet, sweet karma. So, okay, so really quick before we go off of it, really quick. The uh, Chesterfield Commonwealth attorney. So if yeah. anybody missed that, uh, some, I, I can't remember the guy's name, Scott. Um, I think it's his first name. Mm-hmm. Um, one, and he, he's, while well, it's an independent election, he is a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that could really lead some, to some transformational change in the Chesterfield uh, judicial situation. Mm-hmm. So I have this list of firsts. I'm going to start. If anyone wants to read through any of these, do you want to do it? Yeah, sure. I'm going to pull that yeah. out too because it is pretty exciting. If anybody wants to see this, I quote tweeted um, or I just retweeted. It's from now this. They put yeah. together a list with pictures of firsts that happened last night. Yes, Ayanna Presley just became the first black congresswoman from Massachusetts. Woo, congratulations. Yes, and we have Marsha Blackburn um, just was elected as the first woman senator in Tennessee. Sylvia Garcia was just elected the first Latinx uh, congresswoman from Texas. Which I also saw that there's 40% of the population in Texas is Mm -hmm. Latinx. Mm -hmm. So it's wild that this is just the first. That this is the first. Yeah, that this is just the first. First, for forty percent of Texas's population mm-hmm. to actually be represented by somebody that looks like them. Yep. Congratulations! So Finally, you got two of them. Finally, two. Uh, Veronica Escobar was just elected as the first Latinx comp- uh, congresswoman from Texas. Yep. So there's two. There's two. Yep. That's fantastic. That's, that's high. That's it, crazy. High first. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and here's our guy that we were talking about, right? The yep. Colorado. Uh, Jared Polis um, just won Colorado. Um, just one in Colorado, making him the first openly gay man elected governor in the United States. And this one, um, say her name for me. It's uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Cortez. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Girl, youngest woman elected to Congress. She's 28. Let me, let me. So she. She's 20, so regardless. She's hovering on Jesse's age. Yeah. That's what I want to say. Y'all, that would be like me. That would be you. Being in Congress. Being like, in yeah, Congress. No kidding. <laughs> crazy, right? Like, it's such a good thing. Yes. It's such a good thing. Like, you just can't deny these sort of things. They make you feel good, but they mm-hmm. also make you wonder why it's still a first. Huh. Why we're calling out, hey, this is a first. Mm. It also makes me remember that you can't run for a president until you're, what, 36? Mm-hmm. 35, yeah. Not that it makes a difference. We have a whole... Never mind. Nothing. Mm. That's going to say something Anybody nice. Anybody can be president. Yeah. We have a whole third grader in there right now. Anyway. Follow your dreams. Uh, I'm going to butcher these names. I'm so, so sorry. Rashida 
Talib and Anhan Omar are the first Muslim women elected to Congress. I mean, I That's to big. That's big. That's big. I'm so sorry I butchered your names. I'm sorry. Um, Sharice Davids was just elected the first Native American woman in Congress. And she also, if you want to check another box, she also is openly lesbian. Yay. So get it. There we go. Deb Halen uh, was also elected the first Native American woman in Congress in New Mexico. And that also is shocking to me, shocking. Right? New Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's shocking. Well, good on you, New Mexico. I mean, better late than never. Joe Nagaz was just elected the first black congressperson in Colorado. That is not shocking to me. Mm-mm. But congratulations for breaking down that barrier. Mm-hmm. Michelle Laguan Grissom was just elected the first Latinx governor from New Mexico. Wow. All Latino what? people are out here. Yes, I love it. I love it. The first governor? Mm-hmm. Chris Pappas was just elected the um, in New Hampshire, making him the first openly gay man to represent his state in Congress. Mm-hmm. Love it. Oh, here we go. Letitia Let- Tish James. Yes, was just elected as the first black woman attorney general in New York. Wow. Mm-hmm. Johanna Hayes, uh, first black congresswoman from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the list just keeps going. Keith Ellison, first... Muslim statewide elected official in the U.S. As the Attorney General. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of Minnesota. Yep. What? Kaylin Haywood was just elected the youngest state legislator in the U.S. He's definitely got a baby Where face. Where is he from? Hey. Uh, doesn't say. But, oh, Wisconsin State Assembly. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. y'all? Okay. All right. All right. And then the last on our list is Annie Craig, which was who was just elected the first lesbian mother in Congress. Hmm. And that is the uh, U.S. House of Representatives of Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota. Yep, Minnesota. First of all, congratulations to all of them. Yes. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's brought brought us to four minutes left. Can I have like a have a moment? Moment. Let's have a moment. I'm really, really overjoyed. And it also is kind of depressing. That we're having all these firsts these in firsts 2018. In but, I know. But also only in um, states that were not part of the Confederacy. Hmm. You know, for, for as much as we talk about racism in the South um, and sexism in the South and all of these horrible things in the South, you know, to me it's very poignant that these are the firsts that are happening in states that were always free or were mm-hmm. added after slavery. Um and then yep. I think on top of it to also sit there and think how many firsts are yet to happen in states such as we, we look around to, to Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, Texas is really uh, the most <laughs> southern state out of all of those. When mm-hmm. we go back into like what holds a lot of Richmond back as the capital of the Confederacy. Um, yep. You know, I think people forget that it's not just the South and, and parts of the Confederacy that are problematic. This is a countrywide issue. And, mm-hmm. you know. For as much progress as we've had um, we've last got night, so much further. To we go. should also have that as a huge message of recognizing there is so much more to go. Mm-hmm. So many miles left to go, folks. Seriously, don't give up. Don't just because your feet hurt and your heads hurting and you're tired. And shout out to all these volunteers. Let me tell you, we wouldn't so have had nearly the amount yesterday. of success that we had had we not had people boots on the ground, really working, knocking doors. That's a big thing. And so whether your candidate won or lost uh, last night, it's so important that we, you know, just pay homage to the volunteers that put in those hours after hours after hours. Treat yourself today, y'all. Seriously, you deserve it. I mean, as somebody who is a career volunteer, it was beautiful to see the volunteerism Mm -hmm. come out in force. You this know election what? season. You know what I think Don't everybody stop. should do to celebrate themselves? What? Come out tomorrow to Boogaloo's. They should come out to Boogaloo's I can give them for a our five. happy hour. On yep. Brooklyn Park Boulevard, we have a happy hour with signature drinks. There's six bucks a drink, you guys. Come on out. Commiserate with us. Congratulate with us. It's, mm-hmm. it's more to celebrate than anything else. We really can celebrate ourselves yeah. this year. 
Um, so really quick, just so you all know, it's, it's happy hour from 4 to 7 p.m. Boogaloo's on Brooklyn Park Boulevard. Um, there are happy hour specials, but I really want to read the names of our drinks. Let's do I'm it. too hype about these. Read them. Yeah. Uh, so we have the three branches for $6, which will mm-hmm. involve Sprite, Lime, Gin, Vodka, and Triple Sec. Yeah. The three branches. Fran's trying to put you on the floor. For I $6. Am. For $6. Uh, the Richmond is Burning. Yeah. Is a fireball whiskey, a bourbon, dry vermouth. I can't pronounce that. Vermouth. Vermouth. And bitters for another six dollars. Mm-hmm. And then possibly that most aptly named. It's the most council deep cut <laughs> there is. The dirty L. Shirley. Yeah. And that is vodka sprite, grenadine, and a cherry on top for only five dollars. So come out and drink with us. Have fun. Congratulate each other. And right, share. Yeah, ride share. Yep. Um, make sure that you come with questions and conversation. And make sure that you eat some food for the meal tax. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So that, you know, we can help fund RPS. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, ladies, that's going to do it for us. We have a whopping 30 seconds to yep. say our thanks and goodbyes. Thank you, everybody. It's been really fun. Yes, it was. Great. And I mean. We only had one F-bomb. I'm so proud of us. And <laughs> I really feel like we could do this again in the future. Um once we get over that piece of it. I'm telling you, we'll be fine. <laughs> oh, all right. You all. So thank, thank you, you guys so for listening. We appreciate it. Again, RPS is still not fully funded. Flint still has dirty water. We made some progress last night. Yes. Woo! But Richmond is still very much so racist, but we're working on it. Have a good day.